to see you in the house of God this morning. Good to see everybody out in uh, February when it actually feels like February. Our, our deacons are going to be coming down the aisles at this time. We have copies of the Romans Road that we are passing out this morning. We want to put this in a each of our adults' hands, and uh, we have them in English or in Spanish. If you would prefer the Spanish version, uh, let them know as they're coming down the aisle. These uh, kind gentlemen are going to place these in your hand. We want to get some tools in your hand. These are some verses we want to encourage you to put to memory as you're, we're talking about being confident in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our family, with our friends. We want to give these tools to you and place them in your hand. So as we're going over them here in just a moment, I want to make sure that you have a copy. You can be looking along with this uh, on the screens and uh, looking along with this as well. I want to recognize one person real quick. We're having some feedback issues this morning up on stage. Mr. James Tyler, back in uh, towards my, the back in this section back here today, celebrating 91 years. Would you raise, raise, wave your hand real high? All right, there he is. Let's celebrate with him. Mr. James Tyler, his daughter tipped me off this morning that today is his 91st birthday. I told him he doesn't look a day over 70. Uh, just retired from driving a semi just two years ago at the age of 89. So if you want to know the, the key to long life and uh, happiness and joy, uh, talk to him this morning. And I can't think of a better place to celebrate your birthday than uh, in church on Sunday morning. And uh, Pray for uh, Pastor Jackson, our college students, as they are away at Camp Casual this weekend for a college student retreat. And I know they are having a wonderful time and looking forward to hearing all that God has done with them. Take the Romans Road, if you would, as we are looking at ways to be a, a witness. One of the challenges is not feeling people like, say, Pastor David, I don't know what to say. Or maybe I, I get into a situation and I can't remember the verses that you quoted in church on Sunday. And that's why it's so important to hide God's word in our heart. The word, in fact, the word of God says, if I hide God's word in my heart, I will not sin against God. And that it's vital in our relationship with the Lord that we are, are memorizing and committing verses to script, of scripture to mind because God convicts us. He shows us areas of our lives that aren't where they should be. He shows us areas of our, our lives that need to be in line with his word. In fact, his word is like a, a mirror to the soul. And it says we're studying it and growing in it. He begins to transform our lives in our midst. And one of the things we want to help you do is as you encounter people, maybe it's a, a coworker, a neighbor, a friend, or your own child, uh, we want to equip you with verses of scripture that will help you as you're sharing the good news of the gospel. And so we have uh, simply all have sinned, uh, Romans 3.23, for uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We want to encourage people to, to memorize these verses. And there's a Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ, we want to encourage people to memorize the scriptures, know what Christ has done for us. Romans 5 8, God shows his love toward us, to, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. With the heart, one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses and is, and is saved. What happens is, as we talk about the process of coming to faith in Jesus, we need to be confident and be able to share confidently verses from the Word of God and verses of Scripture. And then we go into Romans 8, verse 1. Uh, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. As we're studying through the gospel presentation, we want to encourage people how they can have a personal relationship with Jesus. On the back of this card is also some verses on assurance of salvation. 1 John chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. Uh, if you're talking with people and trying to encourage them as they're are, are maybe having doubts of their salvation... And one of the confidences that we have in scriptures because of what Jesus did on the, on the cross of Calvary, we have confidence in who we are in Jesus Christ, what he's accomplished on the cross. There's verses about baptism. Maybe you're that person has, has received Christ or maybe your child has received Christ. You wanted to talk to them about baptism. You could talk about those verses to share their verses on prayer, forgiveness and guidance. Just some words of encouragement as you're dealing with maybe a coworker or a neighbor who's going through a difficult trial, a difficult time. We want to encourage you to commit some of these verses to memory. Put that in your Bible. Put it on the refrigerator this week and encourage you to be studying and preparing for sharing your faith. Hoping that this, this week God gives each one of us opportunities to share the good news of the gospel. Last Sunday, we had a mission trip interest meeting Right after the service, we have an adult trip going to Romania, uh, July the 21st through the 29th of this summer. And if you're interested in going on that team, being a part of that, doing vacation Bible schools, working in a Romanian school, ministering uh, to Ukrainian refugees, uh, ministering in a gypsy village. Uh, I was telling the team that was there last year, I uh, said, we did not get a chance to go to a gypsy village. That is an experience unlike any other. And I told them, if you think... Our worship is loud and expressive. You have not seen anything yet, all right? You ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, gypsy worship service, uh, it's probably 110 decibels. It's way up there. But I'm telling you, it is so awesome to see their joy and their excitement and, and expressing all that God has done in their lives. And then we'll have that doing a night of worship. Pastor Matt's going to be coming with us. Some of our, our worship band is going to be coming as well. Looking forward to leading worship uh, in Romania. We have a high school and college age team that will be traveling to Nicaragua this summer and serving along with Pastor Omar. Uh, they have planted a number of churches over the last several years in and around Matagalpa. And we have a team going down there. Some of those uh, speak Spanish. I think they're going to be learning uh, Spanish phrases and even some uh, uh, songs in Spanish to sing this year. And I'm looking forward to ministering in that area of Matagalpa, Nicaragua, and also Managua. So if you have a, a, a high school age, rising 10th grader or above and caught through college, uh, we'd encourage you to pray about being a part of that. And we'd love to talk with you more about that. Over the last several weeks, we've been in the series Proclaim. Today, we're going to be wrapping it up. And I want to encourage you, if you are a parent, the most important responsibility that God has given you for discipleship, for evangelism, resides within the walls of your home. Do you believe that this morning? The greatest opportunity for impact comes with those that we are closest to. The people that God has placed 
under our roof or in our care. You have such a God-given responsibility and opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. And, and I'll hear people say all the time, Pastor, I want to give my kids more than I got growing up. And oftentimes I know what that means. They're like, I want them to have a, a, a nicer home or more opportunities, maybe opportunities for education or, or whatever it is. But folks, the reality is you can give them everything that money can buy and still they miss the greatest, most important opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. In fact, they can have the, the highest educational opportunities. I was talking to a mom the other day, and, and she was in the mountains, and she says, my daughter goes to the School of Science and Math in, in Durham. And, and so she sent her off to school here in, in the Triangle, and she says she's gotten a full ride to Columbia University. And she was telling me how much. It was like a hundred and some thousand dollars a year, and, and it includes all of her expenses. And, and I, all I could think of is I wonder how much effort has been placed into concentrating on it. Does she have a relationship with Jesus? Does she know her creator? Does she know Jesus Christ as her personal savior? Because all of the opportunities we could possibly give our kids, all of the things that money can buy will not buy us a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mom and dad, if, if you miss anything in, in, in the last five weeks, don't miss the point. Your greatest opportunity for ministry is at your own house. Your greatest opportunity to impact the, the world happens within the walls of our own home and sharing the gospel and sharing what Jesus Christ has done. This week I was reading an article that was put out by Lifeway and part of Barter Research. They gave some insight onto the pulse of what's happening. And this was released the end of 2023. 93% of Christian adults say they're at least somewhat open to having a conversation about faith with a friend. 93%. Now, this is where people's beliefs are today. 81% feel similarly about speaking about faith with a stranger. 64% have prayed at least once in the last month for the salvation of a friend or family member. So that's the beliefs, the mindset. Here's the reality. 38% have actually shared the gospel with a loved one. 30% have shared the gospel with a stranger. 42% say sharing with a non-believer how to be saved is scary. And these last couple ones are, are staggering. 52% of self-identified Christians agree that encouraging someone to change their religious beliefs is offensive and disrespectful. Let me back up for one second. Let's repeat that. 52% of self-identified Christians agree that encouraging someone to change their religious beliefs is offensive and disrespectful. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You see, if we have the, the truth of the gospel is that Jesus is the only way to a personal relationship with Jesus. And church, if we don't encourage someone who doesn't know Christ to consider a relationship with Jesus, folks, we are robbing them of spending all of eternity in a place called heaven. The relationship with God is the most important decision we could possibly make. 
51% of churches polled saw evangelism as a priority. When I said these last couple are, are, are mind-blowing, 51% of churches polled sees evangelism as a priority. Is there any wonder we're failing at reaching our world for Jesus Christ? Half the churches don't even see it as a priority. 20% of churches polled give their members opportunities to serve. And 9% of churches say they see baptisms as a priority. God help us. God help us not to be so inward focused and so focused on external things that we miss the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going to dive in this morning to the truth of seeing our home our immediate community as our number one mission field. I say this often when preparing teams to go on, on mission, to go overseas and minister uh, on behalf of our church. We will never do abroad what we won't do here at home. Missions begins at home. Jesus said, you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Well, folks, that begins at home, in our home. Our greatest opportunity for influence is at home. And the immediate area in which we live, work and play, that's where missions begin. So I want to invite you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 this morning. It'll be on the screen as we look at God's word and the responsibility he's given us to share the good news of the gospel. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall walk and, and, and the way, and when, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of the house, on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you to the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts this morning? I pray for these next few moments, God, we would set aside what, what's happening for lunch, what's happening this afternoon or this week. God, I pray we would set aside all of the distractions around us and for these next few moments, help us to focus on what it means for evangelism to, to begin at home and the priority that you've placed on the family in pouring in and investing in our kids and investing in those around us. God, would you help us to understand the, the truth and the urgency of the gospel and Lord, that we would be bold in proclaiming the good news of Jesus to our families and to our loved ones and friends. God, would you use us mightily? God, would you convict us of areas that maybe we've placed a priority higher that, that on, on things that don't matter or don't have eternal value than we have on investing and, and sharing the good news of the gospel with our kids? God, speak to our hearts, we pray. We'll give you all the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dad and Mom, God has given us one job. 
to teach our children how to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Show them what walking with Jesus looks like. Don't leave it up to the church, the youth group, the Christian school, or the summer camp to do the job that God gave to us. I want to encourage you this morning, be intentional. As Moses is writing here in our text, he's giving the, the, the parents the responsibility. He says, be intentional in your relationships. As you're walking about doing the job that God has called us to do, he says, be intentional. Tana and I chose the word intentional for 2024. We both feel like that time is, is fleeting and that's something as we're looking around as the, the stage of life that our family is in and we have one getting ready to graduate college, one who just graduated high school a, a couple weeks ago, and, and twins that are getting ready to finish eighth grade here in May. And folks, we're looking around at what's happening, and, it, and it's like, it seems like just yesterday, we dropped Savannah off for kindergarten. And, and you remember those moments where you're, 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 the pride and the ex excitement is, is all built up inside of you, and you're like, you're, you're tearing up as you're driving off to school, and then... You know, a few months later, they're like, hey, mom, uh, can you just drop me off at the corner? Like, I I'm good. I, I don't need you to walk me into class this morning. And I remember that transition for all of our kids where they didn't need us to do all the little things that we were doing for them. And then it's all of a sudden we're off to middle school. And there is nothing like dropping your kid off at a middle school. And, and they're six year, sixth grade. And they're like 11 years old. And you look around and you're seeing boys get off the school bus with full beards. I mean... They're in eighth grade, and you're like, they're going to beat up my daughter. They're, and I remember, I must have had that look on my face in the, the first day of sixth grade, and the principal at Westlake Middle looks at me, and she says, Dad, it's going to be all right. We're going to take good care of her. And, and, and there's a feeling of, of just anticipating, like, are they going to be ready for this? And, and the reality is, is our twins now, it feels like yesterday they were in the NICU over, over at Rex, and today they're saying, we can't wait to get to high school uh, this summer. And, and Chris was talking to me just a few moments ago. We're going to curriculum night on Thursday night at, at Middle Creek High School and preparing them to take their next step into their journey in high school. And folks, it happens so fast. And, and you blink your eyes. And, and Mother Jim, I, I, don't even, I can't even imagine as fast as things are going at 49 years old, what it must be like for those that are 91 years old and, and seeing it in fast forward motion as life is flying by. And folks, the reality is we must be intentional. Moses is saying the relationships in our lives must be intentional. At best, we have 18 years with our children under our roof. Some of you might be thinking this morning, well, that's what I thought, but I can't get them to leave now. <laughs> they're, they're staying around forever. You might have to give them a little encouragement in Jesus' name, of course. But the reality is, is this morning is the time goes by so quickly. I look back at some of the memories that pop up on social media, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, they were so tiny. They were so little that I see these pictures of the snow and I'm thinking, when is it ever going to snow again around here? I mean, uh, we used to have snow in North Carolina. I don't, I don't know, but we, we believe, folks, it's happening so, so fast. We must pour into our children. Your faith must be genuine and sincere if you ever expect, expect it to pass down to your kids. Maximize your time together. We're living in a day of thieves and robbers everything is fighting for our time and attention technology is perhaps the biggest thief of all 
Look for ways to maximize your time with your family, with those that are important to you. Take the opportunities when you're together to talk about the Lord. Mealtime, as, as he's saying, as you, as you rise up, as you, as you sit down, as you, as you gather for meals, Moses is saying, these are the opportune times to talk about the Lord. Mealtime at the Fry House is crazy. Uh, our conversations are hilarious. In fact, people that, uh, friends of our kids that have dinner at our house, they always end up laughing. Ella, you know Ella, uh, Miss Diana, she's always laughing. She said, I love mealtime at the Fry House. She said, it's exciting. There's always, it's loud and you, it's hard to tell which conversation to, to listen to because everyone's talking our, our family style. But mealtime is important. We make it a priority. We don't do technology at the table. And my wife is a stickler about that. She holds, I'm usually the one that gets in trouble for you know, picking my phone up because one of you are texting me during dinner. But anyway. Uh, we have those moments and it's like technology free turn off the tv turn off the airpods it might be the only time all day that your kids actually hear you turn off the the, the radio the, the music turn off all of the things that are dividing our time and our affection and have a, a priority of being intentional every time we have friends over you know what the, the common thread is? Our family eats dinner on the couch watching TV. We usually take our food upstairs and sit in our room. Mom and Dad, you're missing out on the single greatest opportunity to have conversations, gospel conversations with your kids. That time around the table is the most precious time you can have all day and investing in them and, and, and having those moments of parents, it's time for a time out. Take the devices away and have real conversations with your kids over a meal. Take time to talk about the crazy, insane week that you have. And before you start saying, well, Pastor David, you have no idea how crazy it is. For our family party of six, every night, every night, it's insane. Every night, it's crazy. We make it a priority. We have a, a large dinner table. You know why? Because we prioritize spending that time together or having conversations. We talk about what God is doing. Talk about what God is doing recently. Let them see the gospel in everyday situations. Share something you're learning. Share something God is teaching you. Share, encourage them in their relationships. Ask them who they ate lunch with, who they talked with, who their friends are. How did their practice go? What are they learning in school? Sometimes you have to counterbalance things because folks, and, and even in a, a Christian school, sometimes they may hear things from a friend or someone else and you say, you know what, that's not right. That's not what the Bible says. Uh, at a public school, you're constantly saying, no, God did not create the, the, the world in a, in a big bang. He created when he spoke and he created light and, and he created man and woman and he put man in a perfect environment in the Garden of Eden. You talk about the gospel. Encourage them to live like Jesus. Pray together. 
teach them how to pray. All that happens around the dinner table. Activities that you have are so important as a relationship goes. Activities, one of the decisions we made early on was to limit the number of activities we participate in. You say, why is that, Pastor David? In a family with four kids, we're outnumbered. We're out on the best days. We're outnumbered. And sometimes our bandwidth is only but so strong. And so we have to say, hey, you're not going to play 14 different sports at one time. Because you do not run this household. You don't. Say, well, Pastor David, we believe in giving our child every opportunity. We do too. Within reason. Because God brought them into our home and we have an opportunity to shepherd them for 18 years. And it's our responsibility to teach them how to have a relationship. Verse 7 says, we are to teach these things when we sit in our house, when we walk by the way. And folks, as parents, if we don't say no, before long we'll have 666 things on our schedule for the week. And we will turn into the devil. I mean, we're going to have an absolute chaotic uh, lifestyle that we cannot possibly keep up. Look for the opportunities to speak the gospel into their lives. Use it as teaching time. Use it as connecting time. When you go to, when you're riding to school in carpool, that's the time to talk about what God is doing and talk about the, the sunrise and, or, or the, the stars or the, the moon at night, how God created those things and how changing proper thinking or the wrong attitudes or the wrong priorities or prideful behavior, pointing them back towards a relationship with Jesus. This can be done during sports. Some of you men play golf, take your son to play golf. Maybe it's frisbee golf. Maybe it's, it's running or, or biking or, or whatever it is. Use those activity times as times to talk about what God has do, is doing. Take the time to have their attention and point them back toward the gospel. Have them see the God of all creation in everything they do. Bedtime is another time that's important. As Moses is writing, he says, when you lie down and when you rise up. At bedtime, it's so important to remember and before you go to bed at night to thank God for all that he's done. Ask forgiveness from our sins. We're not getting saved every day. If you've already accepted Christ as your Savior, tell them the, teach them the importance of confessing our sins and experiencing the forgiveness of a loving God. Take time to thank God, to praise him for what he's done. Take time to pray for specific needs or concerns. Pray about that test. We'll study for the test first, but then pray for it. All right? Pray, God, help me to recall the things that I've studied and the things that we've been learning all, all week. And, but be intentional. Help encourage them. Let it be the last thing you talk about at night and the first thing you talk about when you get up. We also see make yourself present. Not only maximize your time together and be intentional, but be, be present when you are together. I love how Moses puts it. He says, you, you shall teach it diligently to your children. Quality time is essential. You have to be present. And folks, if you spend 98% of your life investing in chasing fortune and fame, you will not be present when your kids need you the most. Well, Pastor David, if I could just keep plugging along another 10 years, I'll get to that management level position and we'll be good. 
Well, you might, but you might get laid off. Someone this morning said, hey, our company laid off a whole bunch of people this week. I'm thankful I've survived the, the layoffs. Well, Pastor, if I just keep on a few more years, I'll be at that place where I can kind of, you know, relax. Yeah, but your kids may not love Jesus at that point. They may not have a heart for God at that point. If you invest all of that time chasing fame and fortune, it also goes hand in hand with other relationships around you. Church, if you don't have time for that coworker that's struggling, how are you ever going to minister to them and relate to them and have a conversation? That, that neighbor family or that friend, if you'll never have the opportunity to share Jesus if you don't make yourself present. Be intentional to invite people to lunch. You may be saying, hey, Pastor David, I don't have time outside of work. What about that lunch hour you have? Take that person to lunch and you say, well, Pastor David, I don't have a lot of expendable income. I don't know that I can invite someone to lunch. You know what it costs for a hot dog and a drink at Costco? A buck fifty. A dollar fifty. Since 1985, it has cost a dollar and fifty cents. Now, with inflation, it's worth about four fifty today. But Costco still charges a dollar fifty. So for three dollars, all right, you cheapskates out there, you can take your friend or your child to get a hot dog and a drink at Costco and have a conversation and talk about what Jesus Christ is doing in your life. How he's transformed your life. Don't say you can't afford it. The reality is, is we do the things that are most important to us. Invest in those relationships. Be relational. Verses 8 and 9, it goes for our spouse, our children, our co-workers. Be intentional, because, but also be relational. God has called us to be a witness. And that can happen when we're being isolated. Moses says in verse 8 and 9, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So let me ask you this morning, are we supposed to write Jesus blazing across our forehead? Are we, are we supposed to tattoo it all down our arm? No, you can, but the reality is, is he's not saying literally you're going to write that mess all across your forehead and, and all down your eyes and you know, the ears and, and look like a, a freak. And it doesn't say we're going to be going around every single day chanting some kind of a, a prayer. Or He's not saying be obnoxious. He's not seeing me the religious person in Jesus' day that was absolutely annoying even to Christ himself. But what he's saying is when we fall in love with Jesus, that relationship, the thing that's most important will begin to manifest itself in all the other relationships. As people see us going about life, they'll see someone who's confident in who they are in Jesus Christ. They're constantly talking about what God has done, how he's changed their life. As we build relationships with others, they begin to see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Relationships take time. Take time to invest in those around you. Let them know who it is that you truly love. Last Sunday, we watched the Super Bowl and millions of fans going absolutely insane about their particular team. My son told me, he said there was over, I think it was a hundred and some private jets that flew into the Super Bowl. He was telling about how much 
you know, carbon, whatever it was taken up and how, you know, how, how bad it was for the environment, all this stuff. But he was sharing all these things. I said, you know what? Those people that made that kind of money, they're not concerned about any of that stuff. Uh, the reality is, is if folks, they have so much money, they can't stop talking about their team. If you're a Wolfpack fan, I'm not even going to do the little wolf thing that y'all do, but you know, you, you're always doing that sign. You know, if you're, if you're a Carolina fan, you're going to wear Carolina blue on the regular, you know, uh, why else did God paint the sky Carolina blue? I mean, you know, you look at, you're a Duke fan. Well, there's like five of you in here, but the reality is, is, you know, you have your certain thing and you tell everybody who you love. You're a Hurricanes fan. We can all cheer on the Hurricanes together and wear red and black and all of you'll spend all of the money and on the food and on the, on the, the clothing, on the gear, on the tickets, going to the games. But the reality is this morning, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't get enough of that relationship. You can't wait to share. It dominates your conversation, your wardrobe, your life. The same thing is true when you fall in love with Jesus. He will be at the forefront of everything that we do. You'll talk about the Lord. Your relationship with the Lord is front and center, not an obnoxious or pious way, but in a genuine and authentic way. A couple things to remember in being relational. Find things in common with other people. People that you're seeking to minister to, listen to them. Find out the things that they enjoy. Talk about their customs, or maybe it's someone from a different nationality, or different uh, background, or, or different religious background. Find out some of the things that are important. Ask questions regularly. What happens is, it opens doors of opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. You want to be a witness to your family and friends? Discover the things you have in common with them. Sometimes I have parents say, well, you know what? My son and I just have zero in common. I understand that. Find something in common. Not everybody's going to be nature just like you. Not every, some of these, these moms want their daughter to be the, 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 the dance star that they never, or the cheerleader that they never were, or the gymnast that they were never succeeding to that level, or, or dad wants them to be the football player, the basketball player, and, every, and you say, well, he, he doesn't like any of those things. I have nothing in common with them. Find something. Pick a new sport. Do something different. Get out of your comfort zone in order to build a relationship. Find something in common. It goes also with coworkers or neighbors. The last thing we should do is preach at them. Folks, they don't respond well to that, but what they do is when they know that we care about them, they start to understand and, and things begin to open up and opportunities to share the good news. Find things in common with your kids. Find a hobby or sport you could do together. Use it as an avenue to share Jesus Christ with those around you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writes, he says, The love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. In other words, Jesus Christ is the one that's encouraging us to encourage the relationship to grow so that we can share what Jesus Christ has done when he died on the cross for all. The difference between Christ and all the other gods of the world, he's the only one who died for our sins. He's the only one who can make us righteous or holy before God the Father. And folks, that's true love. He took our place on the cross of Calvary. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
whom he has redeemed from trouble. Folks, we have a responsibility to share that good news. And then he goes on and he says, lastly, in the last few verses, be an example. I love how Moses put it all on the table here in these last few verses. In verse 10, when the Lord your God brings you to the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. He says, as you move into the promised land, he says, he says to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, houses full of all good things you did not fill, cisterns you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. When you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He says, it's the Lord your God. You shall fear him, you shall serve and by his name, you shall swear. What does he say? Moses is saying, as a follower of Jesus, don't forget all that God has done for us. Teach your kids all the things that God has done. Folks, it's not something we just talk about at Christmas or at Easter. But every single day as we go about our, our activities, as we rise up, as we sit down and have lunch or dinner or go to bed, talk about what God has done in our lives. Don't forget where we've come from. James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. We need to be reminded of this, that, and we need to remind others of that truth as well. Remind your kids all that God is doing. Let them see evidence of what God has done in your life. And when God blesses you, let others know it. God did this. Give it. So often we pray, God, would you provide in this way, or would you meet this need, or answer this prayer when God answers it? We pat ourselves on the back. We act like we had something to do with it. And all along, it was the power and blessing and favor of God. And, and this, this week, we, were, we were, uh, took a couple days with our kids, with our, the twins. And we had been looking for a desk, a chair for my daughter's room, for her desk. It was such a, a cool thing because on Friday, we, we, had, we had looked around. And we were going to different places and looking for She needed a, a new desk chair. And... I said, let's just go to a thrift store and see if we can find one used. So we started looking, and every place we looked, we couldn't find one. We couldn't find one. We couldn't find one. The one we had was falling apart and was old and it was rickety. And so I said, well, let's see if we can just find one. And, and we made it more of a, a, of a sport. Let's see if we can go and find one used or secondhand. And so we, we finally, we ended up at this thrift store, and we, we walked in, and we looked around. We didn't see anything. And so I said something to the guy. I was like, by chance, would you happen to have... Just a, a wooden chair. It, it can be an old chair. It didn't have to be anything uh, fancy or anything. So we're looking for something for my daughter's desk. And he said, you know what? I think in the back we've got this one chair back there, but I'm pretty sure you won't like it. It's probably not what you're looking for. And I said, well, let me bring it out. Let's see. He brings it out. Church, it matched her bedroom set perfectly. It looked like we had bought it as part of the entire bedroom suit. And it, there's no way, he says, I only have the one. And he said, it probably won't match anything you have. It was absolutely perfect. I paid him the $12. We go back to the car. We get in the car. And I was like, thank you, Lord. 
And I said, you know what? That was just God's way of showing off. All right. It was God's way of saying, you know what? I've got you. My son loves to say that. I've got you. It's God's way of showing off saying, I am watching over you. I'm, and it's saying it's something so small, but it was a reminder in church. I showed my daughter, I said, God gave us that chair for $12 at the Salvation Army. And you know why? Because I believe we're, we're, we're being faithful. We're trying to do what's right. We're trying not to spend a ton of money, but we're trying to be good stewards of all that God has given us. And, and as we were sitting, give God the praise. Glorify him. Exalt his name. Don't forget to remind him because he says, when you get to the promised land, when you get to that place where you have the big house, you have the nice car, you get into the college of your dreams, sometimes we forget all that God has done along the way. He says, parents, don't forget those things. When God has blessed you, give the glory and the honor and the praise to God. Let your kids see what God is doing in your midst. You say, Pastor, what's the application? Be intentional with your relationships with others. They must know. They must know that we love them, that we care about them. If they're ever going to understand and know that God loves them. God desires to have a personal relationship with them. So be intentional in that relationship. Be present in the lives of those around you. Take breaks from technology and have genuine conversations that lead to gospel conversations. I was talking to one of our staff members this past week and said, does your phone give you the, the data on how much time you spend on your phone? Mine comes out on Sunday mornings at like 9 a.m. So as I'm in my office getting ready to preach and looking over my sermon for the last time on my iPad pops up your weekly report. It came across my iPad this morning. You know what it said? An hour and 83 minutes, I was down 83% from the previous week. But that's how much time I was on this device in the last week. If I'm going to be present in the lives of those around me, we're going to have to set it down. It's not about just a text or a, a DM or whatever. It's about having real conversations that lead to life change. If you're going to impact the life of your child you've got to put this down and you've got to start engaging in real conversations you've got to be present in their life as you're riding to practice take their airpods out let's talk today it might shock them <laughs> their teeth might file out of their face but the reality is that's the moment that they begin to see christ living in you. That's the moment they begin to see God at work. Be an example for those around us. Let them see us praise God for his blessings. Trust God when we're going through trials. They're watching to see if there's truly something to the relationship that we say we have. 
with the Lord. This morning as you leave the building, we have our Easter invite cards, tons of them outside. I've been talking about it the last several weeks. I want you to grab some of those because the people you've been praying for over the last five weeks, now you're going to have to put some action behind those prayers. Next week, I want you to invite that coworker. I want you to invite that neighbor. I want you to invite that family member. I want you to invite that friend to join you on Easter Sunday. And, and pray right now that God would begin to speak to their hearts and use that conversation, use that invitation as a way to speak to their hearts. Spend some time over the next few weeks learning the, the verses on the Romans road and ask that God would give you opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. Take some of those gospel tracks, the, the three circles, uh, the, the bridge to eternal life, Take some of those tools that we've given you over the last several weeks, or many of them available out there in different languages. Pick those up and use those as an opportunity this week to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Download the apps that we've introduced. Got questions or, or the three circles. and Give people an opportunity to see that Jesus Christ desires to transform their life. And together, let's proclaim the gospel without fear. Let's pray that God uses this body to turn our city upside down with the gospel of Jesus. Heavenly Father, would you speak to our hearts this morning?